Hello and welcome to 99 Problems But Our Boss Ain't One, the podcast that solves your freelance problems one at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle Pratt of Dive Deep Development, and I own a training and personal development coaching business. And I'm your other host, Katie Carlisle of The Wheel Exists, which is a website design and training business. And today, uh, as it's fairly on in the year, we're going to be looking at setting goals for the year. And hopefully Katie and I will ask some interesting questions and give you some alternative tips to the standard New Year's resolution stuff. If you've set a New Year's resolution and you have stuck to it, well done. If you haven't and you're feeling uh, that it's all maybe dry January's gone out the window, don't worry. You can start to set your goals for the year at any time and we're going to share with you perhaps some more helpful ways of doing it. But Katie, the first question that I wanted to ask you today was, do do we actually even need to set goals? I mean, everyone does it in January and it's a bit of a thing, but sometimes you can get away with just not doing it, do you think? Well, it's funny because like, this is the first year I've really noticed a bit of a backlash against goals. So um, in various things that I've been reading, people have been talking about not setting goals and um so like there's um there's a psychotherapist and habits kind of expert a guy called nick wignall and he talks about setting new year's virtue um and then uh, there's another guy that i follow called ian broom and he talked about having a new year's theme um and and actually it was funny that i kind of had also been independently shying away from having too many concrete goals as well and it's really it's really interesting i think maybe like yeah maybe goals are just so kind of 2019 <laughs> new decade new rules um katie what's what's the virtue thing i want to know about the virtue what, what did uh, nick wignall mean by virtue so the virtue thing is more around the lines of setting um a kind of an approach that aligns to your values so rather than saying i want to get to this x place in my life it's like i want to act in this way that is in, in in accordance to like who i want to be so it might be and and that might involve actions but it's it's not like a goal so like like um i'm trying to think of an example i think the one he gives is um as, as a, an example of a virtue is to say okay i want to be um a better uh, a better friend and so I want to so my newest virtue is to kind of is to check in on my friends every week and call somebody every Friday afternoon so it's more of a habit or a or a kind of action that aligns with your values rather than an end goal that you may or may not reach and actually by doing those habits and doing those actions regularly that's kind of how you actually end up meeting goals um I mean that's what um I've been doing a lot of reading about habits over the holidays. And that's what James Clear says as well. He's like a writer that talks a lot about productivity and habits. And he's got a book called Atomic Habits. And one of the things he says is focusing on systems rather than goals can be helpful because the systems kind of, if you, if you have a good system, you, you kind of end up reaching your goal anyway, rather than having, if you have a goal without a system, it's really hard to get there. So it's really interesting. I've, I've yeah. read a lot of stuff around, yeah, it's the process rather than the goals that matter. But I still think that goals are helpful. So I've set one goal and two, I guess, themes for this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, no, goals goals are helpful. For, what do you for think? Sure. Do you do I, I, goals I, I, still? I mean, you're obviously like with your coaching, that's kind of, is some of that quite goal oriented? Yeah, I mean, I, some people think every coaching session should have like a massive 
action at the end of it and then when you reconvene you follow up on the action and yeah some some that can be helpful so I do think it has a value in a place but I don't think you should do it artificially um, and um, for those of people who have, are familiar with NLP there is a difference between a state and a goal uh, so we'll come on to that in a little bit but sometimes what we want is a feeling or we want a state of being rather than something that you know an output that's measurable something that you do for example so if you want to lose I don't know six pounds or something that's quite straightforward but if you want to feel different you want greater clarity or greater direction like like what you would say great connection with your friends that's slightly different and that's uh, you could set a goal around it but I do like the idea of virtue rather than um and developing the habits because that sounds like something that you become or something you do rather than like something to tick off the list so goals are really really powerful but they've got to be set right um the other i was also doing some reading over christmas katie and um i'm reading a, a coaching book and um, one of the things they were suggesting there is um the the hudson institute of santa barbara have come up with this thing they call the change chain cycle and so like the first phase of their change cycle is to do it. So, you know, we're, we're, we've got energy and we're just getting stuff done. But they reckon that you sort of sink down. So after you've got, got this high of achieving your goals, this frantic energy of getting stuff done, you kind of go into what they call the doldrums. <laughs> so you kind of have that Good high word. and then you've got this, yeah, afterwards you just sort of sink down and go into this doldrums place. And then the third sort of part of this cycle they describe is cocooning. And I quite like that. I think that that description of it, and I feel like I definitely identify with that uh, point of view because um, we all know that doldrums feeling and once you've done a lot of change or you've worked really hard at getting stuff sorted in your business or in your life I think you do you do have a bit of a come down and I think you do have that cocooning period where you just want to consolidate what you've got or you just want to take in what you've got or you want to recuperate from all that activity all that hard work so we mentioned that we've both moved house and I definitely wasn't ready to set massive goals at the beginning of this year having just you know moved house done stuff with the business it affects your relationships I did I definitely was in that cocooning period and then like the fourth stage is this getting ready period so once you've survived you know come out of your cocooning period where you're recuperating you're, you're then getting ready gearing up thinking well where do I go next so for me I thought that was a, a, a nice way of thinking about it so where are you on that cycle and if you're in the doldrums you're in the cocooning space then actually now may not be the best time to set goals for yourself sometimes we just want to consolidate or enjoy what we already have and I don't think it's necessarily helpful to be always reaching or always stretching for the next big thing um sometimes it is good just to take it yeah especially like in arbitrary times of the year as well like I remember Michelle when you were doing Mm. a bit of the weight loss coaching stuff that you used to do and you did like a challenge which was really good I actually lost quite a bit of weight um, but the one of the things you did was you deliberately started the challenge on a Friday because so many people normally start a kind of weight loss challenge on a Monday. But you're like, no, you can start it on any day. You don't have to wait for like the next kind of checkpoint. You can start it at any time. And I really like that idea of like, you know, do you know what? If you if you're not if January doesn't work, start it in February. Like I, you know, a new year is a psychologically useful time to plan for things. But there's so many things that you could have as like a kind of you know if you if you do want like a psychological point you know there's the new financial year in April there's the summer you know the summer holidays where maybe your time is just a bit different any time where you maybe there's like a kind of change or change when you measure something can work but like yeah you could just do it on like you know the 12th of Feb if you wanted like it would be fine yeah 
you can do June to June. You can yeah. do June to November. Like whatever it cycle. Yeah, it doesn't so, have to be a full year. It can be just be like. And actually, in some ways, doing small. I think having a goal for a shorter period can actually be more motivating and more useful because it's it's more ta- you know you you scale you'll scale down what you can achieve in that time, and so it's it's just more realistic to achieve and it seems sooner so if you're an impatient person like me then it's like a goal for a year away is just like oh it's so far and so I like to have little goals throughout the year or little kind of you know little little kind of things to aim for throughout the year so that brings them a bit closer to me and makes me less impatient yeah I know you're a fan of Steve Folland he has a book club now and the first book on that list is the 12 week year I was about to say that (laughs) yeah yeah you're right and so my my understanding I haven't read it my understanding of the book is that rather than you know do the year looking at what you could do in 12 weeks to set set that as your your goal setting period I haven't decided if I'm going to do the book club thing yet but I'd definitely give that book a look at some point have you read it, Katie? No, no. I was going to read it as the book club or possibly let them read it and then um, <laughs> decide if it was any good. But like Steve said... Oh, I was going to let you read it and then I'll decide <laughs> if it was any good. So. Um, for anyone who doesn't know Steve, he does the Being Freelance podcast, which is a brilliant podcast. He interviews a different freelancer every week um, and asks more kinds of good questions. And there's a really fun game that he plays as well. Um, and he has a Facebook group called the Being Freelance Community, and they're just starting a book group within that where, yeah, everyone's going to read a book and then we'll have a live call to kind of chat, or Facebook Live or something to chat through it, which I think is a really good idea. Because um, re- reading is one of my one of my little themes for the year, of, is reading more. So I've got an actual reading list now, which I've never really had before, so... Um, well, let's have a look then at some of our some of our tips for setting goals for the year. Now, you can set obviously quite clear financial or business goals, but before you do that, there's I think there's quite a bit of work to to do before you even put pen to paper and start using setting smart or precise goals. And so, one of the tips for me is um, start with start with a bit of a vision. Now, I know that sounds a bit blue sky, and I know some people um, are thinking vision board or thinking some kind of visualization and if that works for you it's a great place to go but one question that was asked to me when I first uh, went freelance um, I was told forget looking for your purpose forget New Year's resolutions forget setting these moonshots or business goals I was asked the question what do you want your life to be like so I was so my coach said to me think about how you want your life to be just generally in say I don't know five years time just describe it to me how would how would it look so I started describing this life where just probably just me and my wife traveling around in the camper van enjoying the outdoors walking maybe just earning money from doing I don't know webinars from afar so I could just uh, earn money as I go and I sort of just started to describe this um this vision really or this idea of what I wanted and there's some really good reasons why you should start with this vision because even if five years or describing a life that you want it might sound very far away or you might start describing something that you think you can never have but what that kind of forces you to do is a few things I guess the first thing is it, it sets a time frame so it makes you think five years into the future there's a I think it's Bill Gates isn't it Katie that quote which is that most people overestimate what they do in a year but they underestimate what they can do in 10 I like this is true most people really go big on a year but then 
10 years later stick with the same old stuff so having an artificial time frame really gets a bit of focus there's things you, you mean to do but you'll never get around to unless you kind of think it in some kind of time frame but the other thing I really like about that is it creates balance for your whole life so when I started I was asked what do you want your life to be like I didn't think in isolation about business about fitness about relationships about all this other stuff I kind of th thought about the whole big picture and I think what that does it, it creates balance so uh, and gives you a real sense of purpose about what it is you're aiming for because quite often when people set goals and I mentioned the difference between a goal and a state a goal is something tangible you know you can take steps so I, I use the weight loss one because it's dead easy if you wanted to lose six pounds you could say right I'm going to lose um you know a pound a week um over the course of this period and you know when you've got to the end of it but there's normally a, a state behind the goal so what do you want the goal for and and typically you might want it to to feel better or to have more energy in your body or to be able to go up the stairs without getting out of breath or to fit into some really uh, fabulous clothes that you've seen or whatever and so it kind of makes you think about that bigger picture which I think is really good the other good thing about it as well is it it kind of gives you that purpose that balance that vision it's also quite motivational if you can conceive it you can achieve it and once you've got that in your brain I think you just gravitate towards it and it feels quite good to move towards something that you really like it put it sort of acts like your compass I suppose of where you're going so for me that was a game changer five years later by the way that was about five years ago I um, am not traveling all around the world on the camper van but all the constituent parts of what I described are definitely in place so lots of walking lots of outdoors lots of time to spend with my wife and do really cool stuff that makes us happy and do work which I can pretty much um, pretty be pretty flexible with when I work and how I work so all the constituent parts are there and actually I think that where I am now is better than what I had described previously and that Casey that was something I, a question I posed to you as well wasn't it I don't know how you felt about that when I asked asked you that question a few days ago yeah, it's funny because actually I remember, you know, when we first started having coaching, maybe what, two or three years ago now, probably. Yeah. And, and you asked me that question then. And a lot of my answers were focused on living in Anglesey by the sea. Um, and that and so my kind of five year plan. Oh, yeah, probably about two and a half years ago, I think we probably first started talking about it. And my five year plan was to be in Anglesey kind of you know with it within the five years but I thought that the plan was basically that it would take five years and so we, we kind of had worked out how we were going to do it and everything else but it's almost that thing of like once once we'd worked out how we were going to potentially get there it made us it made it a bit more real and then it made us want to get there sooner so then it, it kind of allowed us to identify when there was an opportunity to do it because we knew where we wanted to be, we we were able to act quite quickly on it. And so, um, so basically, when my partner decided that he was gonna he was gonna leave his job, I think if we hadn't have been thinking that far ahead, then we he would have left a job and we would have just stayed in our old house, and just set you know set set up um set you know he would have set up his own business from there we'd have stayed there and then after another two and a half years maybe we'd have been like okay let's start thinking about moving to Anglesey but because we'd already identified that as the end goal we were like okay why would we wait why would we not just go and live where we want to live now and so we've kind of done it almost in reverse so we moved here before we had a chance to build up any money but it's fine it's fine um 
but yes, yeah, so we, we moved moved here, um, and and now we're kind of starting a new foundation. So when Michelle asked me recently, like where I wanted to be in five years time, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. I've sort of this, you know, moving moving here was such a big goal for me. I was a bit like, oh, I've I've kind of done it. <laughs> so so now it's about. I think that that first, you know, the original five year plan was a big transition whereas now it's more about fine tuning um but then ultimately we're hoping to move to Canada so then that will be another big goal you know in another five to ten years probably but I'm kind of quite happy where I am at the moment I don't especially want to move again um I want to you know ha- have some time in Anglesey first and so uh yeah I was a bit like oh I don't know so then it's it's about yeah kind of working okay now I'm here how do I make it work for me and I think it's been good to have sort of you know six months living here before then thinking about doing goals and that's the other thing I'd say is like like you were saying Michelle like just after you've moved house isn't necessarily the right time to be setting goals sometimes you just need to let you need to sort of absorb a situation first see how it works so that you know what you actually want um like like we when we first moved in we were like right we're going to get an extension we're going to have a utility built on the house the main reason we didn't end up doing that is because it was going to cost a lot more than we thought. But actually, what we've realised is now we're living in the house, we're managing quite easily without one, and there's just a, and and all we really want actually is a, a kind of doorway to the garage with a space to put some coats, and that and that's pretty much all we actually we've realised that's all we need. We don't actually need a whole big extension, and so we've ended up saving a load of money through just kind of living in the house for a bit first. And I think that's the same thing almost with a business. It's like. Um, you know, if, if you're just starting a business, you can set goals, but I think sometimes you just need to actually do it for a bit first to see how it works. And then you kind of like, okay, I'm enjoying this. I'm not enjoying that. This is working. This isn't working. And then you've got a bit more information to base the goals on. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, for me, for the five years, it was about, um, you know, financial stability, flexibility, freedom, all the reasons I kind of went freelance in the first place to have that flexibility with my time and just to be able to enjoy where I live and the kind of things that help my mental health, which help me do better in business as well. I do say all those things you're describing, I, I think, you know, the freedom, the flexibility, the stability, I think that's the great thing about a vision. So it's not really like a five year, we're not talking about a five year plan, like in the corporate sense, where are you going to be in five years? We just mean like, yeah, that vision and all, like you say, Katie, those constituent parts, however they materialize, whatever they look like, that's what we've you've gravitated towards. And you mentioned like achieving that goal a little bit early. And for me, I think, um, that's that's why having a sort of vision or looking at that bigger picture is good because you seized an opportunity to do what you wanted much sooner I took a big financial decision uh, after five pints of lager but I did sleep <laughs> on it uh, I say lager beer I don't drink lager and um and I, t- I took that big financial decision I would never have thought of that had I not had the thought about that big vision in the first place I would have done go god down the traditional route but I did something a bit different a bit novel which I would not have otherwise thought of so it does prime your brain for opportunities and then when you see them you can you you can instinctively go towards them and I think as well having a vision can help you to kind of make connections that you wouldn't otherwise do um so like in preparation for mine and Michelle's coaching session I decided I was going to sort of basically use my whiteboard in my little kind of office room to do um to do a kind of oh what they called like a spider diagram um mind map yeah like a mind map exactly um to 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 kind of basically just 
I did a big sort of brain dump of all the things that I kind of wanted to do this year and the stuff I wanted to work on and and also how I wanted to feel. And it was really interesting because then it made me see, it kind of allowed me to take a step back and see patterns in what I was doing. And it allowed me to realize that there's a few things that initially didn't seem to have any kind of relation to each other. There were the sort of, there's the kind of core things like my freelance business um, and then a side project, you know, freelance folk and things, a few other bits and pieces. But then there was like these isolated things that I wanted to do and I wasn't sure what to do with them. And I'd be thinking I wanted to do something with one of them or two of them, but I just couldn't work out what it was. And then I was like, actually, I've, I, it allowed me to realise that they they were actually all related. And it's then helped me to fine tune in my head what I want to do as another little side project involving those elements that did previously seem unconnected. So for me, doing that kind of stepping back, bigger, bigger picture thinking allowed me to see patterns of stuff. So that was really helpful. Yeah. Because otherwise you might have ended up with 10 separate yeah. goals or ten, you know, 10 separate items to do this. Actually, they all feed into the same theme. So that's that's why it's really useful. And that kind of comes on to our, our second tip, isn't it, Katie? Because we, 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 we've we both said this for a long time, which is whenever you're setting a goal or whenever you're starting a business or whenever you're doing a rebrand or whatever, whatever direction you want for the year, know your why. So not just what you want, but what you, what you want afterwards. So... Um, you know you work hard um, but what are you doing it for and it's really it's questions to ask yourself whenever you set a goal once you've got your vision and you're aiming for something that good questions to ask are well what will you have once you've got it so what will you know that you didn't know before is it about learning what will you feel that you're not you know you're not feeling now what will you see or hear that tells you so think about what will having that thing do for you in your life because that gives you a real sense of purpose and we work so hard that you know it can really knowing the purpose of what you're doing can really help keep your chin up when the going is tough and the moments when you're thinking well why am I doing this um it allows you to keep going I feel good about the grind when you are clear about what that bigger picture what it's all for so I think knowing your why is good Katie you told me that story a long time ago about the the man with the fishing boat in Mexico. I think oh, we've I already mentioned this on another podcast. It's a good one, though. Google, Mex- <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't bore you again with it, but Google Mexican fisherman story if you haven't already heard it. It's like my favourite kind of. I I say I I consider it to be a freelancing parable, um, and and it's kind of about growth. I will we're going to do a podcast episode talking about growth in some context, and and um, I'll almost certainly be telling it then. <laughs> but but basically, yeah, it's that kind of work out where you want to be and always kind of take the most direct route to get there is how I'd sum it up. Um, so rather than kind of going around the houses to, to kind of grow in order to retire and have more time, why not just take more time now and figure out a way to do that? Um, which which is yeah. very much my attitude of like, um, you know, kind of, you know, I've been, been shaped through personal experience and loss. Um, ultimately you know I've seen people who have worked really hard all their lives and been looking forward to retirement so much and then they've got to retirement and you know found themselves dead within a year and and seeing that it made me go okay no there was I I do not want that you know I don't want to kind of put off my life to the point where then I might not be able to live it um and that's an isolated case you know tons of people enjoy their retirement and have a have a you know have a lovely lovely time I would rather work a little bit less for longer 
throughout my life. You know, when when I had my mortgage application, they were like, when do you want to retire? I was like, I don't. Like, I can't imagine not working. Like, I'm, you know, there'll come a point where physically or mentally, I'm not able to do as much. But um, for me, I, I, I don't think I'd be one of those retired people that just sort of, you know, um, sits around and doesn't do anything. Like, I don't know, I've, like I kind of a lot of people I know who are retired, like uh, family members and stuff. Like they're always doing stuff, which I really like. You know, they're they've got projects. They're they're going traveling and things like that. So I think I would always do that, and then I'd probably try and monetize it in some way as well. Uh, and, and but for me, it's like yeah, if I can just have some of that now, that means a lot to me. I think, and so yeah. that's my you know that's my why is like having that, being able to take the time to live now rather than working I mean I've got a friend who works such ridiculous hours and he you know he, he hardly takes any time off he doesn't really you know he manages to maybe get a holiday once a proper holiday once a year he's always stressed and he's he, you know he says to me like oh, I'm just I'm so envious of your life and I'm like don't tell anyone but you could probably have it too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not, there's certain sectors where you might have to retrain and, and you know, it's not like everything lends itself to freelancing, but if you wanted to do that in five years, you could probably get there in five years um, and do it that way. So, you know, like like my, my other half, he worked in the computer games industry. It's very hard to do that freelance at the very least you normally have a small company and and some investments and backers and things like that um so he kind of pivoted and took his skills developed new skills um to to work on software projects so it's kind of like yeah how can you use your kind of baseline skills to then go and work in some other capacity if if that's what you want um and so i think that's that's for me my why is no is that kind of living life now rather than putting it off until retirement and having just work as my life. Um, yeah. And I think as well, like, for my goals, like, so so like I said, like, I've got a, a specific income goal because I've found when I have it, it helps me be more proactive. And when I don't have one, then I'm a bit more reactive. But actually, like, a lot of the time when you have your goal, what you think you want isn't necessarily what you, your actual why. So it's like, okay, I've got a financial goal because I want to earn more money. But that's not my why. Like, my why is financial security and stability because I felt quite unstable last year and it stressed me out. And so I don't want to be stressed. So my why is not feeling stressed and feeling calm about money and feeling financially secure. It's not just to earn money yeah. for money's sake, you know. And and the reason I want the money that this year is to build up some buffers to give me some flexibility in the future and to take the pressure off and to be able to go on the holidays I want to go on. So this year is the sort of bedding in year so that the years after we can then have more kind of a cushion to do stuff. So yeah and that was interesting because i think even beyond the the financial security there's there's another why beyond that that once you've got that like you say it, it's what that allows you to do off the back of it as well yeah and I, the other thing katie i i think there is a difference like you can have a why for you 
and a why for your business and I think they can be different things so we say know your why I mean I know my why for me is to have the flexibility to have the energy and the the time for the things that I want to do but equally the why for my business I want to help people take control and design their lives like you say Katie Katie, Mm. you can choose to live your life however you want but people don't think they can or they're scared of, of, of leaving that so leaving like the security of employment or going off the beaten path so for me I just want to help people make design their life from scratch and and and, and pursue it so it you can have a why for you but also if you're going freelance it's useful to have a why for your business and for your customers more importantly um they may be different things and that's fine too but both are really important because i think it helps you get that balance that's why i'm focusing more on the training side with my squarespace stuff because i've realized that that's what i'm really like that that's that's more of my why than like my, my why is wanting to save everybody from terrible websites but I think the training thing is is kind of it allows me to reach more people and help more people to kind of feel oh god I hate the word empowered but I can't think of a better one right now uh you know to feel more confident in using a website building tool like Squarespace and to then create their own website and up, keep it up to date and everything else I think is is a really effective way of of doing it um and yeah like I, I think for me I love I love the training I know I'm good at it I know that I you know I can help people that way and that's why I want to focus on that more because I think it aligns a little bit more with my why than the client work that I do I, I still enjoy the client work and I still make a difference but to fewer people and so yeah, I think that's definitely it for me is that sort of like helping people who are like, oh, I can't, I'm not techie. And then they make a website and they're like, oh my God, I understood it. And I didn't think I could. And I'm a 60 year old woman and I never thought I'd be able to do this. And I can like, that is so amazing to be able to do that. So um, yeah, that's my, that's my motivation for my business stuff. Definitely. Yeah, like what question was put to me when I first started, you know, what's your why? So why are you in business? But also what's your why for your customers? Why do they want you to be in business? And so that can really help as well. And again, that, like you say, Katie, like you could just hear from Katie's description there, that's just really giving a real clarity about what's being done and, and again, why why you're doing it. And so we do, I, we will come on to goal setting, but I think some of this thinking before you do it is really, really helpful. I mean, my why for, for this year is... Um, you know, we don't we don't know what the future holds. I don't know what my my wife's uh, job will hold. Where and but I would like to get into a position where not only am I uh, trading my time for money, but I can also do more on products that I am in control of to generate income. So that if she wants to retrain or we want to pivot in the future, we've got the freedom, the space to do it. And I know if I fix the roof while the sun is shining, to coin a phrase, then um, I'm going to be in much better position to do it. So that's my motivation when I'm thinking, what am I doing and why and and. It, also when you've got these there's so many options like I have a lot of opportunity overload and I think when there's so much ambiguity or so many possibilities out there it's very hard to pick apart the ones that you really want and I think that will really help focus once once you've uh, got your why so you've got your vision and you know why you're in business for you and why you're in business for your customers then um 
we, we can then start to get a bit more specific so we're not saying keep it all kind of loose and, and airy fairy uh, kind of blue sky stuff they, then we do start to create goals so another top tip is to use the life wheel now if you type that into google other good search engines are available <laughs> probably prob- prob- probably um <laughs> then probably i don't use them but they, they, they probably probably are um someone more techie than me will tell you but then if, if you just type life wheel in you'll see lots of versions of it and literally it's just a wheel with a, a segments for every aspect of life and you can create your own so you might have one for business one for health and well-being one for relationships for personal development spirituality um finances whatever and they tend to have like a little uh, scale one to ten so if in the middle you've got zero on the outer edge you've got lots of rings going out to ten and a good exercise to do there is just rate each of those areas in your life um from naught to ten depending on how happy you are and you kind of make like a little spider graph of all the areas of your life and then we did this exercise actually last year and we just uh, decided which ones we wanted to ramp up so just pick two or three you want to set goals for or set a goal for each of those different areas if you like but once you've got that vision or that why it just gives you a bit of a um just gives you a bit bit of an overview so you get that balance and you can start to focus on the areas that are, are most important to you when we did this last year with our goal setting i was looking at um finances and when i did this exercise i actually realized that income wise it was fine i was quite happy uh, but i thought my finances was were bad it wasn't the income that was the issue it was kind of more the work that I was um, was more of the challenge with me. So I could have set an arbitrary financial goal, but that actually wouldn't have made me any happier. So I realised that my finances were in a good place. It was just one element that wasn't quite right. So yeah, think about all the different areas of your life and maybe set a goal for each or perhaps just the ones that are important to you. But I like that idea of the, the life wheel, Katie, just taking all of that in harmony. Because I think as freelancers, we, we like yesterday I was working with a group of people in the business and they were like I have work life and I have home life and then I turn my phone off and go home at this point and then I've just got home life whereas I think as freelancers maybe we we blend the bit it's more of a lifestyle perhaps yeah definitely like I, I sort of I mean we've talked about in the past about separating work and life balance and stuff and it's some things I keep separate so I do actually have a separate phone for work because I like that like you said I like being able to turn that off I like being able to go out and if I'm not working, I leave my phone at home. And that's just because I know if I, if something comes up, I'll want to respond to it and I'll think about it. Like I have my email notifications turned off, but if I get a call or something, I don't have to answer it. But some, but, I, but if I see it ringing, then I do kind of thing. And so I don't want to, I don't want, you know, I want to be able to set, to turn and step away from work if I need to, while still being available on my like personal phone. But for everything else, I do pretty much like blend it in. Like I'm friends with a lot of my clients and, um, you know, I'll ca- happily work in the evenings and do stuff in the mornings and whatever. And I think, you know, like, you know, friends with a lot of the freelancers. And so, yeah, it's not like I keep my work and personal life separate. I think I just have boundaries and, th- and that, that's kind of how, how I do it as well. Um, I thought it was really interesting what you were saying about the wheel of life doing that after the vision. Because another thing I think doing the sort of vision stuff first helps you to do is to actually prioritise. And so like you were saying with your finances actually it made you realize it even if you weren't happy with it actually didn't need anything much doing to it um i think that's the thing i found when we've done the sort of vision stuff first and then done the wheel of life i'm like okay i'm not super happy about that but i'm kind of you know that that's not great but actually i'm okay with it being like that for now because i know it, it if 
if all these other things change, that will naturally change as well. And so I don't need to set a concrete goal around that particular area of the wheel of life. Um, if, if I, I know if I, if I work on this other thing, that will naturally come up or actually, yeah, like I, you know, I'm not earning as much as I want, but that's not my priority right now. So I'm not going to focus on that at the moment. And I think it helps you to identify, even if there's areas that aren't kind of as good as they could be, you can kind of go, okay, well, that's just not my focus right now. And that's one of the things that I, on the book I'm reading at the moment is really interesting is, um, uh, it's called Essentialism by a guy called Greg, M- I don't know how you say it, M- McEwen, McEwen? Um, McEwen, yeah, McEwen. I think. Um, and, and it's been around for a while, it's, it's a few years old, um, but I kind of just like the idea of it, it's almost a kind of you know, minimalism for business. And one of the things he says, and I've heard quite a few other people say this as well, is that, you know, saying yes to one thing is effectively saying no to something else. Um, and he, he even says like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, um, which is obviously, I think he's, um, he is English, but lives has lived in America for a long time. So his accent is hilarious. Uh, I watched a video of him. Um, and uh, But yeah, it, it's that kind of, that you can't fit everything in. And so if you are setting goals, then don't try and do all of it. Or if you, if you, or if you're me, cheat by kind of combining everything into one convenient project. So you do get to do everything and it just counts as one project and it's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting though, because because everybody likes to say yes. Um, so, but if you kind of reframe it as it, it will saying yes to this means saying no to somebody or something else, I think that would make a lot of people think very differently about saying yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, so yeah, saying you could just keep taking on work and taking on work, but that means you're saying no to a potential future project that might be a much better fit. And that's something we've talked about before as well. Is you know, how how do you do you do you kind of panic and take the work I've definitely been guilty of that where I've taken on projects that aren't as good a fit because I'm kind of like but what if the money doesn't come in you know um but actually that's then meant that if a good project has come in I've I've, if I've wanted to take that on I've had to do a lot more work than I may be comfortable with doing in terms of how percentage of my time and um and how much I can manage um you know manage to do in a day um so I think yeah, I, I don't know. I like. I think it's it's really interesting that relationship of like w- when we feel obliged to say yes. Like, how how can we reframe that to say like yeah? How we say no, or say you know if if this is all for you know if a client says, um, oh we've, we have we've got an episode uh, a few episodes ago called like can you just you know if a client says can you just do this can you do this extra work and you want to say yes but actually you can say yes I can what would you like me to stop doing instead or something you know there's ways of reframing it like that yeah because it is an opportunity cost and that was one of the other tips that Katie and I were discussing as well is it might be useful to set goals to stop doing stuff as well as start because most people set goals in terms of what they want to add in or what else they would like to gain or else they would like to achieve but what can be really powerful is to set goals to stop doing uh, things Um, and I suppose now people use the word kind of ecology Um, so if you think about your life as this ecosystem if you put more hours into your work then are you do have less hours to spend with family and friends for example so um we we can't 
gain or put something else in without having a knock-on effect to some other areas of our life whether it's our mental well-being our physical health or all the time we have uh, to do things that we enjoy so sometimes setting goals to stop doing things to ditch the stuff that is no longer working maybe you volunteered for something like a committee or a working group a while back and you're just not enjoying it anymore or maybe you signed up for a meetup group or a networking event and it's just not really doing it for you what else could you do with that time so something that can really give more and enrich your life is to think about what can I dump what can I get rid of out of my life that I no longer lead is no longer serving me Uh, but what else could I delegate or what else could I just refile or automate or, or shift around slightly so I think for goal setting maybe setting goals to stop doing things or to clear clear the decks a little bit can be can be really really good we i think we've spoken before katie about the sunk cost fallacy but uh, you can again you can google this there's some great videos on youtube as well actually but it's this idea that once you've invested in something whether it be time or money that time or money is gone and spending more on it won't recover what you've already put in so if you've spent I don't know, many an hour a week or two hours a week going to a group or a networking event and you've been doing it for six months, if it's no longer serving you, you can't get that six months back. So the only thing that matters is what you do from here. So if it isn't working for you, you're not, you've not lost anything or not lost anything additional, um, but what you might gain is a bit more time back for yourself. And this is true of relationships, money, time, energy, all of these things as well. But I think we're sometimes guilty of kind of going, okay, yeah, I've spent so much money on this, so I need to keep going. Otherwise that money will have been wasted. But like you say, that money's gone, whatever you do. Would you want to keep wasting your money or do you want to step back and focus on doing something else with that money? Um, same if you, yeah, you and know. And you learn as well. Exactly. You like from it. And, and like, you know, um, we've talked about failure in one of our early episodes and like if you've started a project or a service or something and it just isn't working again it's it's really tempting to go like oh okay yeah but I've you know I spent so many hours creating all these materials and no one's buying the course but but I've spent so much time on it I need to I need to earn that back I need to justify that and it's like if you stopped now cut your losses and moved on to the next thing you could probably create something much more effective with the lessons that you've learned from that other one. And, you know, there's maybe elements of that you can bring into a new project or something, but but, but kind of flogging the dead horse, as it were, isn't always the most effective way of doing it. So yeah, when you say stopping doing work, kind of think about how everything has got to earn its place, I think is a really good way of doing it. So, you know, how, mm. how you know, for each of your goals or each of the things that you're doing, how are they, how are they earning their place in your life? You know, what are they contributing like make, make everything work hard for you yeah goals to stop stuff i think is is, yeah. is definitely worth worth that as well um and then we, we we were looking at something else weren't we katie um putting your time in the diary first so we've we've mentioned this before the whole rocks and jars concept but imagine uh, if you haven't again there's another youtube video this whole idea that if you if, if you had a big eight let's go for a mason jar katie because that feels kind of hipster and freelance <laughs> but imagine you had a big mason jar which represented all of the time that you have available in the week imagine that rocks are like the things really important to you relationships fun big bits of work um imagine you have pebbles they're kind of stuff that kind of important 
but they're not really, you know, maybe they're, they're demanding your time, but they're not really that important. You've got your sand, which is kind of uh, the, the frivolous stuff and your water, which is total time wasters. Most people take those things and put them in their jar as they come. So very reactively. So if you get a rock thrown at you, it goes in. If you get pebbles chucked away, you shove it into, into your jar. And this is how a lot of us use time, whatever crops up we put goes in our diary or, or we allow it to steal our time and so the whole thing is if you've got this jar if you were to pack everything insensibly you'd put your big rocks in first and then you'd put your fit pebbles around it then you'd put your sand in then your water so like I say you can look that up on YouTube but this idea that you put uh, the most important stuff in the diary first and something that Katie and I have been looking at is putting time for us so the things that are important to us in the diary first whereas most people tend to put work in first isn't it Katie and we've, we've done this in the past and yeah. this time out we were looking to do it the other way around yeah exactly so it's that sort of you know that that uh, what's the what's the law what's it called that work expands to fill the time available whose law is that is that I can't remember. There's some somebody somebody's law. They've all everybody has every law has somebody associated with it. So like you know, work work expands to fill the time available. So, and I, and I definitely feel that. And so if I if I don't have stuff in the calendar that's sort of creating boundaries for work, it takes what what would take me half a day ends up taking me a day just because I've got a day and I'll just kind of you know flounder around it a bit. And so for me, what's been really helpful is to kind of say, right, this is, I, these are the things I want to get done in the day. And and for me, doing those things first in the day and then saying, right, once I've done those, it's work time. Because the other things don't tend to expand quite so much. Um, they're, they're quite kind of, you know, finite. Um, and th- so think things like little things, you know, like um, cleaning the house stuff that needs to get done but that I always find really hard after I've done a day of work because I'm sort of mentally just knackered um cleaning the house uh, exercising um uh, um get you know going, going swimming or going for a run or whatever um uh preparing lunches and stuff so that I'm eating healthily rather than when I'm in the when I'm in the middle of work, I find it really hard to stop because I'm just kind of get I'm in you know I'm in the flow or I'm in I'm in the middle of it, which is really good, but it then means I just resent having to stop and eat something, and so I end up having like a really rubbish lunch. So taking the time in the mornings to prepare lunch so that I can stop and have something healthy that I've prepared ahead of time is really helpful, um, and anything to do with this kind of my well being really, uh, you know anything to do with that I try and do in the mornings and then I have the afternoons which is then for work and so one of the things that Michelle and I were working out was how how to balance that so that I've still got enough time to do the client delivery work and also trying to block stuff together to say like okay I'm gonna do all my calls on one day and then do the uh, delivery on another you know the actual kind of creation the design work on another day and so on um, which is, but yeah, that was really, really interesting. Because it, um, it was because I think the way we we went, because like you say, a lot of people they 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 to put the work in first, obviously, because that feels like a no brainer. It pays your bills, and then you like you say, you fit your well being or your admin tasks around it. And like you say, the cleaning the house can end up being squeezed in. And I've done that before as well. Like, oh, I'll take all this work. I say yes to all this work, and then I'll try and squeeze in my downtime, my exercise, my food, my 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 interests or pursuits, my studying around this work time and so 
I, I was at a business development clinic with some fellow trainers and they said, Michelle, how much do you need to earn in a month? How much work do you actually need to do? And I was like, oh, I only need this to do this many days work. After that, I'm actually quite happy not to or to put some of that work back. And they said, right, well, then have those days and just do your stuff for the rest of the time so some of the things that Kate and I were looking at was well let's work out our time how much do we want to spend on projects product creation downtime fun like say our house our home our well-being put that in the diary first and then fit the work days almost around it so the work goes in the diary last and there's this principle in finance or in business about paying yourself first so I was listening to Stefan James from Project Life Mastery talk about this on YouTube and he was saying for his his attitude was pay yourself first. So whenever you get money for your business, um, invest in you, your development or invest in your business first. And then what have you got left is to pay the bills. And his and then that might sound shocking to some people because you would think, well, how do I know I'm going to pay the bills? But his thing was, no, when I have pressure to pay the bills, I will always, always pay my bills. I will make sure that that gets done. So I know I'm going to get it done. And that pressure means that I get that over the line. But he said, if I do it the other way around, I pay the bills first and what's left is for me, I'll spend all of it um, you know, on other stuff and there'll be nothing left. So so I, that's this is what we've been looking at with time. How do we put our downtime, our fun time, our creative time, our strategy time in the diary first? And then we squeeze the work in around it because we will always deliver. And doing it that right way around I th- really works. Katie, after our conversation, I did that too. And um, it made me use my time a lot better because like you say, client delivery can expand for the time, uh, whatever time you give it. So like you say, I could spend a day prepping for a workshop. I might actually only really need half a day. So that's made a huge difference. That's freed up whole chunks of time for me. And yeah, it's so funny because we actually, we literally did get a calculator out to like work out because that, you know, we so we put the time in. So I had, you know, my afternoons for client delivery and then take the dogs out and then come back and do sort of admin stuff or business development stuff in the evening because I quite like doing business development in the evening and it doesn't make sense to have that as client time because most clients are available during the day um I do have evenings available for doing training as well for people who want to do evening training or if people are like in the US or whatever um but then like working out specifically for the time I'd allocated just for the actual doing the work so basically my, my, my role I'm trying to work with at the moment is if it goes into that afternoon slot between say one and four is the sort of rough times, then it has to be something that is earning me money. So it has to be either client work that I'm doing. If it's a if it's a client call, then generally I'm either that then that's you know kind of built into my pricing, or I'm charging an hour hourly rate, which includes kind of catch up calls and stuff. Um, basically like lawyering my clients and being like I'm billing you for your calls because I end up doing stuff on the calls as well so I'm like I'm literally doing the work at the same time um and so uh and so we worked out based on the amount I want based on my financial goal and the amount of time available and like it just worked out it would just I was like yeah that that works that is the right number of hours and then Michelle had seen somebody else talk about the number of ideal delivery days and it was literally the exact same number that it worked out as per month and also the that if you, if you did it based on my hourly rate and the number of hours it worked out to the amount that I needed to earn every month to get my financial goal and I was just like oh it's magic it's magic and it just made it yeah. feel very achievable to me um so obviously I'm not just working three hours a day there's work that I'm doing 
you know, either side of that sometimes as well, you know. Um, and what we've said is that I'm going to do, you know, have that as the sort of standard thing when I'm at home, but I'm going to do some days in the month where I work a full day out of the house at like a co-working space or a coffee shop or something. And in those days, that obviously gives me a bit more time to do any extra work I need to do, anything that's kind of being missed out. And I've got days allocated for certain projects as well. So we'll see if that works. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's been really interesting because it's been a, it's allowed me to say to clients things like, okay, if you get it to me by the Friday, I'll work on it between Monday and Wednesday, and then you'll have the Thursday and Friday to review it and then come back to me. And it's sort of put a bit more of a process in place. And it's, it has allowed me to say to people, um, no, you know, it's allowed me to say no more easily because I've, you know, I've said, right, this is when I'm doing the work. So if you get it to me for this time and just kind of take charge of, of the situation a bit more, which I think I've been reluctant to do in the past because I want to be nice. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, definitely. So I think setting your goals around that, like, yeah, the, that that work time and delivery time, I think is definitely be fantastic. And it's helped me, like I say, reach those other goals when we talk about the wheel of life, get that balance. And one final one, uh, as, as we'll draw it, draw it to a close, but the final one is once you've set your goals, so if you've done your, your big vision, you know your why, you've done your wheel of life and you've set little goals to either stop doing things or to add things in. Um, to your day-to-day life in the different areas that you want um, then you've got to actually put those into action and the final tip is just to create a process you will enjoy so about this time of year people set goals to I don't know run a marathon or get fitter and they go up running but they hate running or they uh, go on a diet but they but they hate being on a diet or they hate cooking or whatever uh, or you, you, you get the picture and um, And that's fine. You might have, for example, created a goal to create lots of content, but maybe you hate blogging or you find it a chore or you don't really like seeing yourself on video, but that's one of your goals. You're not going to keep up a goal that you've got if you don't enjoy it. So find a way to, if you've you've set this as a goal, check that's something that it is right for you. But if you do, find a way to enjoy it. So Katie, I know that for you, content creation is a bit of a chore. You kind of want it. You do sort of like it but it always feels a bit of a tricky one. And one of the things we'll talk about with Katie is how to find a way to make that enjoyable. So Katie, you had a plan for that, didn't you? Yeah, I think like for me, it's a weird one because I do enjoy writing. I think it's just because it ends up taking so long. Um, I do like writing, but yeah, content always falls to the kind of, to like the the kind of bottom of the pile. So I think having, having kind of, having a way to make it nice. So either having a day where you kind of meet up with somebody and you keep each other accountable and um, say this is kind of a content day, you know, and so we say, right, this is what I want to get out of today. Well, that was, uh, you know, I did that with Michelle and another freelancer last year and it was really great. It helped me to get, um, you know, get, sort out the freelance folk newsletter, get that done, add in loads of content for freelance folk. And it was really helpful just to have, right, this is the day and these people are going to kind of make sure that I'm doing it and they're going to, they're going to work on something that they want to focus on as well. Um, yeah, we went for a good lunch, which was a total. Oh yeah, bonus. that was amazing. Um, and we went for a night, and we went into a nice space as well. So exactly, that was good. yeah. So that's the thing, and like, yeah, like you know, so like I really want to find a um, like like a you know gypsy caravan or a shepherd's hut or something that will let me hire it for a day, and I just to go and work in there for a day, and and sort of have that kind of cool space but that's also quiet and that and i don't feel obliged to buy a coffee every two seconds um i feel like there should be more like 
freelance pods that you can hire for a day um, to be able to just go and like sit and meet somebody and get on with some work. But they have like Wi-Fi and plug sockets and stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to have to do another business. Oh, yeah, no, that is definitely a good thing. <laughs> but like, just can you, can you do, you know, can you do it with friends? Can you go to a nice space? I know someone who went and did their strategy planning. Uh, she booked herself into a spa hotel um, just to go do her strategy yes. stuff. That can be good. That. Can you turn can you turn it into a competition with someone else, just like a, in a really fun way? Um, and also, can you do it with with wine? Um, I was listening to a, a podcast <laughs> that I had come across. Yeah, exactly. So I um I drunk women solving crime. I was listening to that in the car over Christmas, and these women just do a podcast, review a, a crime, and they just you know guess they try and solve it whilst drinking. They advertise the alcohol in the middle of it, but they are getting hammered, and it's really quite good. So um I know you have a tax party where you do your accounts and you you have a little celebration. So can you find a way to make it enjoyable? Can you make it fun? So once you've got your goal goals are great but they can feel like a slog so know your why that's going to keep you inspired have your vision but also make sure the process itself is enjoyable as possible and you're far more likely to achieve your year's goals as well and i just add to that as well like i think you sort of touched on this michelle but if you set yourself a goal and it's something you hate do question why you're doing that like sometimes yeah, yeah you have to do something in the business that you don't love like all these people that you know say like oh if you follow your dreams you'll never have to work a day in your life it's it's bobbins like there are stuff that in in workplace like most people have to do something that they're less keen on doing as part of the running the business that's like the trade-off for getting to do all the other cool stuff um but you know there's some things where you're doing it because you feel like you're supposed to and if you don't actually need to do it and you don't like doing it do make sure that you're sort of checking that but then if you if it's something you don't like then can you outsource it um so you know if it's research based or content based or anything like that like there are people who literally do that for a living you know virtual assistants copywriters if you need someone to create content for you can you get people to do guest posts for you you don't even necessarily have to pay people you know there's always people who are looking to write guest posts on other people's blogs. So can you get other people to create content for you? So do question it and think about if there's ways to kind of outsource it before you then kind of spend money or time trying to force yourself to do it in a way that is enjoyable. Your goal should definitely uh, make you feel good and 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 further you you know getting towards what you more of what you want. So that kind of brings us to the end of our top tips. We would like to know yours, though. Um, we do now have a, a, a our own handle, don't we, Katie? Which is what remind me. I should know this off the top of my head. Shame on you. <laughs> Ninety nine probs cast, right? Ninety nine problems cast. Yeah. Cast, so okay. on Twitter, so on Twitter, it's ninety nine. The number ninety nine problems cast casters in podcast so 99 problems cast so you can tag us on there um one of one of um my goals slash themes for the year is to have more time to work on the podcast and um you know start sharing a bit more stuff around what we talk about as well um through that twitter but for now if you've got questions or comments you can tag us in on that 99 problems cast um Tell us what you what's made sense to you. If there's anything that you kind of go, actually, I'm not sure about that. Um, any ideas that you've got for future episodes? We love to hear from you, and um, it makes us feel like we're not just talking out into like 
the tumbleweeds so like yeah say hi it's nice um but yeah if there's anything you'd like us to talk about in the future then we're looking for new episode ideas we have a list of 99 ideas but we want to make sure it's really relevant to everybody so let us know that um and of course if you want to make sure that you get all of our future episodes subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts um so i think that's pretty much it michelle did we normally finish the episode with a little kind of tip from each other don't we about if we do one thing what would it be so michelle what would your tip be if you were going to do one thing to help your 2020 planning what would it be i just i'd go with the why just know your why no no you know your direction you're going in um, I think for me, it would be the stopping doing stuff. Find something you can stop doing and what you can replace it with that's going to be more valuable. That would be mine. Um, so yeah, that that's all folks. Um, so yeah, as I say, get in touch. And um, if not, we will see you for the next episode of 99 Problems, But A Boss Ain't One.